You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. This is a, another interesting morning for me. The Lord is uh, um, teaching me. It. it Scripture says that the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth and righteousness. You need no other teacher but Him. It says that, and it speaks of it. And it's interesting, when I find myself in a place, there are not, there are not just pastors readily available to mentor other pastors, because there are not pastors readily available to the Spirit of God. Uh, and they're hard to find. And so then to find those that are mature in it, and then willing to mentor others is incredibly rare. I've been blessed that I've known many men, most in this church, that have mentored me because they walk with the Spirit of God. But I found in this season, in uncharted waters, I'm in a profession I've never been in before. I'm leading a church in a place that this church has never been in before. We're not just in unique times. We're in completely different, unknown, unrecognized times. Not to the Lord, but to us and so it's been very interesting, and I've, I've had this conversation so many times with people uh, when they ask how long I've been pastor here, and I tell them, and I tell them when I took over, and they're like, oh, that's, a, that's probably not a good time to start a new profession. It wasn't, but it was in the same way, it was perfect. Um, starting in 2020, when my first message to this congregation as your pastor came to an empty room, I preached it to a camera. For several weeks, we preached to a camera, and I think it's easy for us to forget, just this is a side note, that we are not guaranteed another day together. We are not guaranteed to meet in this place. And so come rejoicing. I know, I know we, we come and we carry everything from our week, good and bad, but come recognizing that we get to do it together, because it was very quickly taken away from us to where we had to do it on our own. And I'm grateful for the people that the Lord had anointed and set up, like my wife and Steve, to have our church still be able to meet, even if it was through a camera and on a computer screen. We were still able to meet. And that's a miracle of the times and technology, and just so grateful for that. But all that to say, in this time, the Lord has been refining me as a teacher, uh, vocationally in this place on a Sunday morning, what that looks like. And he's just asked for all of that time. I give him all of that time every Sunday, but he's asked that he would just be able to give me a word and tr- that I would trust him to bring a message. And that doesn't... Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that's really great. I've been wading into uncharted waters. It's, uh, it's like being told you're in the middle of the ocean that a boat will get there. You're like, will it? Because I don't see anything. Um, but the Lord did it last week, and he asked if he, and this is, this is the goodness of God. He asked permission. He said, will you allow me to do it again this week? I was like, of course. But then I started thinking, well, I don't know. Uh, so anyways, all that to say, the Lord has brought a word a unique word, um, and he also 
made sure that I didn't have a lot of time to prep, so he didn't give it till Friday afternoon. Um, the Lord has spoken. I can't, I can't believe some of the things that he has spoken over this house over the years. Profound things. Profound things for the people that gather here. Profound things for our community. Profound things for Lubbock and Leveland and just the West Texas area. Profound things. Since I, I came here, my very first Sunday here, Sarah and I had just dating. We were here with Kendall McDonald and Lindsay McDonald. Jay was in Africa. And so we show up here. I didn't get to meet the worship pastor. I didn't get to meet a lot of people because they were in Africa. And we listened to worship on a CD. And I was like, what is this small town little church that I'm encountering? Because I grew up in mega churches. I didn't know they had smaller churches. I, I knew they, I thought it was like a thing of the past. I, I didn't know what it was like to be in a sanctuary with the lights on during worship or without a fog machine. And that's sad to say, but that was true. I got here, this was unrecognized territory. It was uncomfortable territory for me. I found out very quickly how immature I was in my relationship with the Lord because I didn't feel that I could worship Him in spirit and truth with the lights on. Like, oh, man, that's probably a red flag. Um, and he did a lot of great things through that. But one of the things that I just was continuously just dumbfounded by was that I would come to this church who worships with the lights on, so everyone and their mom can see if you raise your hands or not. And they have a CD when they don't have a worship pastor. Because he's in Africa. What worship pastor goes to Africa? He's not supposed to leave the church. What a jerk. <laughs> what a, so selfish. <laughs> to, to help the less fortunate. How dare you. Um, and I'm, I come in and I see this church. Still has pews has this weird thick carpet and a CD playing. And I begin to hear the things that the Lord has spoken over this place and this town that I thought Kendall was making up until I got here. That I, and this is a town for those that have lived here and so many of you have lived here so much of your lives. You don't get here by accident. You come here on purpose. And that is how the Lord brings people. He doesn't bring them here by accident. He brings them here on purpose. And what a unique place this is that everyone here has been brought here on purpose. Because no one stumbles into sundown. It's so out of the way. It, 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 there, no road leads here by accident. You intentionally turn to come to this place. And I've heard since my first Sunday... To this day, the Lord speak great and profound things to a place that the world has overlooked. Amazing things. The Lord, I have seen, we've seen healings in this place. We have, we have testimony. We have testimony right now. I didn't, I forgot to share it during announcements, but Kennedy is home. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. So good. That little girl is home. Uh, there's a picture. Rhonda sent it out. Uh, of her getting to use that ramp that, that the men of this church made, and, uh, and she made it up. So, Shorty, I guess it was good enough. It held. <laughs> and that whole family was on it. So, all right, sweet. But uh, just profound things spoken over this house. 
And I, I'm only mentioning that so that you would begin to remember some of these things. And I know that as I mention it, some of these things that you witnessed that you've seen are coming back to your mind. And this morning is, I don't have a, another word like that. I don't have this new profound thing that the Lord is going to speak over this house of what He's doing. You've already heard. You already have heard of the things that He intends to do and the things that He's doing right now. New things spring forth. Do you perceive it? Right? We know that He is doing new things in this place. He's doing new things in all of our communities. All over the place. But what I do have is this word that the Lord brought to me. For me, like I've told you, I will never bring you a message that has not been for me to learn first. The Lord always deals with me first. And that, when I say deal with, it's not like I have a corrective word or anything like that or we've done anything wrong. The Lord just needs to get our minds back where they need to be. And I'm going to start by reading in Revelation 2, verse 2. I know your works, your toil, and your patience endurance. Patient endurance. And how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake. And you have not grown weary. Does that not sound a little bit like some of the conversations that we have had in this place in the last few years? I know for me personally, when I began to read these words, it was like it was reading my own story in the last two years. The toil, the work. The effort put in for this community that this community would know Jesus. And it only seems that they're further from knowing Jesus than they were when we started. It seems like there's, when we're trying to establish hope, it seems like there's more hopelessness. When we're trying to establish faith, it seems like there's, there's, there's less faith. There's, uh, there's less love. There's less kindness. There's less joy. And we feel as though we are toiling for something that cannot be attained. Our frustrations, and, and in your own life, your frustration, your, the effort that you've put into things, the, the trying, the, the, the grieving, the mourning, the, the praying, the interceding over, over this community and over the people around you. We've tried and we've done this over and over and over again, and it doesn't seem that it's doing anything in verse 4. This is where the Lord hit me. But I have this against you. That you have abandoned the love you had at first. You have abandoned your first love. See, what the Lord was showing me is that when we grow frustrated, when we grow tired, when we're trying to establish the things that He has spoken over this community that He desires to establish, and we begin to work and we begin to do it in and of ourselves, what we have done is we have abandoned our first love. That was so interesting to me. You have abandoned your first love. I began to think of that and I began to really recognize that I loved a lot of things before I loved God. But before the foundations of the world, you were found in Him. And He loved you. 
And he had purpose for you. And he had plans for you. He who first loved us, we have abandoned in our attempts to try to establish the things that he has spoken over this community. And in our frustration. And this will make sense a little bit. Or it will make sense a lot of it in just a second. In a little bit. I don't want you to think you'll leave with just partly understanding what we're talking about. Hopefully you'll understand all that we're talking about. But you have abandoned your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Yet this you have, you hate the works of them, which I also hate. We got it, right? He who has an ear, let him hear. What the Spirit says to the churches, to the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. It says, if you've abandoned your first love, it says repent. What does repent mean? It means to change your mind. To change your mind. How many of us look at our town and look at it in the current state of turmoil and unrest that it's in? Instead of looking at it in the way God sees it. I do it all the time. I look at this town for what it is right now as the world would define it. I look at the people for where they are right now. But if God looked at us the way we were when he found us. And that's who he said that we were. How many of us would have ever been free? If he came to you when you were in your sin and your brokenness and said you are only sin and brokenness, what freedom is there? There is none. But God came to us while we were yet sinners and died for us that we may may become the righteousness of him. Because he saw who we were called to be, he didn't see who we were right then. Because that's not who we are in Him. In this town, there are great and wonderful things in store for it. And the people in it of West Texas, there are amazing and profound things in store for our communities. But if we, the people of God, abandon our first love, again, it's about perspective. We will only see it in its current state and we will never see where the Lord is taking it. I can't see the miracle before me if I'm standing with my back turned to it. We have to have the correct perspective. But how? This has been my question. And these are two sides to the same coin. How how do you return to your first love? Right? That's the question. Okay. You have abandoned your first love. Repent. Change your mind. Change my mind back to what? Because we're talking about a place that I've been. And my mind changed and I left it. How do I change my mind back so that I will go to this place where my first love dwells? Look at Mark 10. Verse 13. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignated and said to them, Let the children come to me and do not hinder them. For such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And and he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. 
For to such belongs the kingdom of God, to children, not adults with our adult way of thinking, but to children. And I begin to ask, okay, what, what does this mean for us? What, did, what is it to receive the kingdom? Because it says receive the kingdom as a child. Everything that God has spoken over us, we are to receive as what? A child. Everything he's spoken in the last several years, and especially just in the last two years, what has he spoken? The things that he has spoken, they are of the kingdom, they are for the establishing of the kingdom in this place. And how are we to receive it? We're to receive it as a child. How are we to return to our first love as a child would? What does that mean? It means when God speaks, I receive it in this place that nothing is impossible. And if he says it, it will be. I pray against a day where I would speak to my children and they would doubt and reject the words that I speak to them. This is what we have done when we do not receive from God as a child would. We begin to explain away. We begin to negotiate ourselves out of what the Lord has spoken. We begin to claim things over ourselves that are not of God that would disqualify us from the works. That is not what a child does. When I talk to my, my sons about what they can do, they do not doubt because it came from their father. They don't question it. Because it came from me. And that is what the Lord is talking about. Nothing is impossible and they take us at our word. You have children, you have grandchildren, that when you speak over them, that is their reality. Randy used to use this example all the time. If you were to hold your child or, or your grandchild in your lap and you begin to speak over them, what kind of things would you say? Would you say that you're a disappointment? You're probably not going to make it. You're probably not going to go very far in life. You're probably not going to be the smartest. You're probably going to uh, ride the bench in athletics. Uh, you're, just, you're not very creative. You're not very kind. You wouldn't say anything close to those things. And we are imperfect. And if they sat in our lap, we would speak truth over them of their kindness, of their beauty, of the ability they have just because they breathe, of the effect they will they will have on the world just because they've entered into it. We would not say anything negative over them. So why then do we receive as an adult and begin to negotiate ourselves out of the work of the Lord thinking that we are disqualified because He would sit us in His lap and say, you are a disappointment to me. You are not qualified. You are not able You cannot be forgiven because you've done too many bad things. You've said too many naughty words when, when people weren't looking. I, I, I can't believe the conversations I have with people when they say, well, the Lord can't forgive what I've done. I'm like, dude. I mean, who do you think? You think you're just the baddest dude to ever exist? Like you, did you create sin? Were you the first to do this one? Oh, there's been sin for thousands and thousands of years, but this guy was the first one to do that. I can't forgive it. 
That's not God. That's not God. That's not his ability. But we, we receive as an adult. And we hear these words and we take them. We begin to process them in and of ourselves. And what we do in those places is we begin to change our perspective. Turning back to the army that seeks to destroy us. And we turn our back to the miracle that is before us. Because the kingdom... The kingdom is to be received by children, not by adults. And we are to come to Jesus as a child would. When did in your life things become impossible for God? When in your life did you stop taking Him at His word? Ask yourself these questions. It's important to deal with them now. Because if we do not return to our first love, there are consequences. It's unfortunate, but what does it say? What has the Lord been saying over the last few weeks that He is setting us on the hill? That we would be a city upon a a light that cannot be hidden. He is setting us in this place. And then what does it say in Revelation? If you do not repent and return to your first love, I will remove the lampstand. I will remove the anointing that is over you to be a light. I'm telling you, I had a conversation with Randy before, before I took over, and he, he created this beautiful and wonderful guide to things about being a pastor. And, and there, in there was information that I wouldn't even know to ask a question about until I was in this for six months or a year. And he thought of all that because Randy is wisdom, and that's just what he does. But he did articulate one thing, that the thing that will keep you up at night, the thing that kept him up, was the finances. How do we keep this thing running? How do we keep this thing going? And that has never been the case for me. The thing that keeps me up at night is that lampstand being removed. It won't be removed over sundown. It would be removed over us first. Because he spoke it over us to establish in the community. If not us, then who? The question that haunts me, if not, if not me, then who? And it's so simple. Receive as a child would. That when he speaks, you take him at his word that this is exactly what he's going to do. When he says you're forgiven... You're forgiven, and you don't talk about it anymore. It's over. It's done. It was settled right then and there because I am his child, and he has said I'm, I'm free, and he has said I'm forgiven, and it's done. And when he says he's going to use you to establish the kingdom of heaven in this community, then you say yes to it, and you just go forward. You don't doubt anything after that. You just say yes, receive it as a child, recognizing that nothing is impossible, and take him at his word and move forward. When he says, I will bring honey from the rock that will satisfy you. You say, then he's bringing honey from the rock. He is bringing what is most delicious and most delightful from a place where it cannot come from. A place that is impossible. He will bring what is nourishing. What is satisfying. What is a treat. 
He will bring it from a place where it cannot come. He will make a way where there is no path. And I say yes and I move forward. And that was the word that he had for me. Return to your first love. You may have not have loved him first, but you originated in him first. And he has been for you since before the foundations of the world. Since before you or any generation or family or lineages existed for you to even come from, you existed with him and he loved you and he was for you. That is your first love, the one who loved you first. Return to him. Return to him, but don't return to him with the same things that we carry of frustration with our neighbor, frustration with the things that are going on around us, worry about what is going to happen next. Turmoil. Turmoil is found in a place of doubt. Turmoil is not meant to be for the children of God. We're not meant to know what that is. We're in the world, we're not of it. And turmoil is something found in the world. It is not something found in the kingdom. These things that we are not meant to carry, lay them down because my child does not carry them. Your child does not carry them. My child doesn't worry about the finances. He doesn't worry, none of them worry about what they're going to eat that day. They don't worry about gas prices. They don't worry about this house. They don't worry about the lights being on or the doors being shut. They don't see that. They don't think of that. They live in this moment. That is what we're to be. We're to, our, the example has been so perfectly set by the children that fill this place. If you still have a hard time, come next week. Help out at VBS and watch children receive the word of God spoken over them and just move forward. They just receive it and they go. They receive it and they go. They don't doubt. They don't question. They receive it. They say yes to it. Okay, this is somebody I trust said this is who I am. And so this is who I am and I move forward. Do you trust, do you trust the Lord? to speak truth over you and goodness for you, to follow you all the days of your life, establishing every step if you'll let him? Do you trust when God says, I want to do great and mighty things in sundown Texas, that he means great and mighty things in sundown Texas? When he says that he wants to use you to build the house that future generations will dwell in, a house full of God's glory where his presence dwells, where honey from the rock will flow. When he says, I want you to build this place, do you believe that he's talking about you building this place? Do you say yes to that as a child would? Because only children can receive the kingdom. Because nothing is impossible and they take God at his word. They came to Jesus, they ran to Jesus because they were told he was the Messiah and not a one of them doubted that he was the Messiah. They didn't question it. They didn't look back at doctrine. They didn't start to study and be like, well, why are you here uh, by yourself? Why aren't you here in royalty with an army to slay and destroy the Romans? They were just told, this is the one we've been waiting for and they ran to him. And this is the time we've been waiting for. Will you run to it? 
Because there is a community of people that are broken and they're hurting and they're lost. And what lies in this place is the answer, the key to establishing a generation of people that won't know brokenness. Because this is the time that we've been waiting for. It doesn't look like it. It doesn't feel like it. But neither did the Messiah's coming. He was born in a manger. He lived in the wilderness. He had a career for 30 years in manual labor. Not doing anything glorious. Was baptized by a crazy person that lived in the wilderness and ate locusts and honey. And changed the world. This is the time we've been waiting for, but it doesn't look like the way we thought it would. Just remove that right now because your perspective is wrong, because you're facing the army that seeks to destroy you. Turn around that you would face the miracle that is before you. Because this is the time we've been waiting for. And all he has for us today, the only instruction he has for us today, is that we would return to our first love as a child. Recognizing that only a child can receive the kingdom of heaven. And man, how sweet it is to be a child. I look at my children and how carefree they are. And I think we think of this thing of, you know, we see them and we see the way they live and we see the way they uh, just enjoy life and we think, oh man, I remember those days. Why did those days ever end for you? Yeah, there's responsibility as we grow up, but the freedom of a child is meant to be for the children of God. Always. That we would not, be, we would not have our days dictated by the things that dictate the world. We would not have what the Lord can do dictated by the finances, by attendance, um, by what's going on at the school, by what's going on in uh, city council or what the weather is like, these things that dictate so much of the world around us are not meant to dictate anything spoken in here. They have no influence on it. Just like that world out there has no influence on my children, on your children. They're free from it. They're free from money. They're free from worry. They don't know turmoil. And they can only be taught that. So let's just stop and not teach them. Let's stop choosing it for ourselves. And let's stop thinking that we're these people that have to grow up into faith. Just come as a child. And the Lord will take care of the rest. Recognizing that a child believes nothing is impossible. And when you speak over them, they take you at your word. And they don't question it. They say yes, and it's a part of who they are from that day forward. The Lord has spoken things over this house. Will you receive it as a child would and move forward? The mystery that is to be established in this place is a people that are joyful and unshaken when everybody around them is mourning and shaking. When times are dark, but we shine bright. That's the mystery that's to exist here because we are children of God and we receive the kingdom as a child would. So my challenge for you this week, return to your first love. Let go of the things that you've picked up, even the things that are of God. 
And you're trying to do what He wants you to do. You're trying to establish the things that He's spoken. Let them go because you cannot even fully receive them if you do not receive them as a child. And allow Him. Allow Him to give you the perspective, to give you the mindset that we would be those that stand on this foundation and believe this truth every day of our lives that when people look at us, they would know that this is where we stand, that we believe that honey will come from the rock. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.